Well, what you're about to hear is a recording that Eddie and I just finished, right, Eddie? Yep, I'm wiping the sweat off my brow because it was a little different than what we usually do. Do you think that the book was worse or the way we handled the whole show was harder? Oh, I got to say the book. That was a terrible book. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I would tell people not to download this episode, but I they guess they've already downloaded it if they're hearing this part, right? Yeah, so you might as well give it a listen and tell us if you don't like it by writing us an email at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. No, don't have them write us emails telling us they don't like it. I already know they're not going <laughs> to like it. I mean, it's going to take quite a bit of editing to make this thing sound good. I'm going to be having to put in all kinds of effects. <laughs> oh, I like the effects, James B. So there you go. You're going to get a good episode. Let's remain positive. You know what? I'll put in one random effect that doesn't make any sense at all, and that will give people like an Easter egg to look for. See if they can find the one crazy effect that has no purpose. <laughs> Perfect. There, there. Now it's worth listening to. So please enjoy <laughs> this episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. Let's Read because I don't need that. I don't need any show notes, which is so weird. <laughs> I'm going to minimize everything so I don't see anything, to be fair, because I don't want to... If I stumble over things, I'll stumble over it. So, unpause clean feed. Check Audacity. There seem to be about 10 seconds apart. That's fine. Okay. Here we go. Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here's the guy who always likes to be prepared for his podcast, my super prepared friend, Eddie. How are you doing today, Eddie? Typically, that is the case. I, I like writing summaries very much about these Spider-Man comic books. They help me remember every little detail. So why didn't you write one today? Well, we're going to try something new today, aren't we, James B.? Yeah, just for this one episode. Uh, for those who have not been our guests... This is a heavily pre-produced podcast with a lot of time spent making sure everything is all set once we finally go live. Yeah, several of our guests, uh, notably Super Marcy, was surprised by the level of preparedness we had for our show. Um, so typically, yeah, there's there's quite a bit that goes into it. I know. I, I know what you're thinking, listener. Really? <laughs> I assure you the amount of the amount of prep before and after the podcast <laughs> is is enough to make most people not podcasters. But <laughs> neither one of us has looked ahead to issue 91. And although maybe we'll put sound effects in this podcast and maybe we'll have to edit out a, a mistake here or there, for the most part, <laughs> we're going to try to let this one run live. And that entails doing some things we've never done before. Such as we're going to read through this live, everybody. I, I'm trying not to look at the front cover. I'm ready to get the command to look at the cover of the splash page at any time, James B. Yeah, so what, what we'll do today is instead of having the summary pre-written and instead of having um, every all the questions that we're going to ask each other pre-written and, and even our sponsor copy in front of us, it's all just going to be completely off the cuff and <laughs> Hopefully not too silly. Hopefully we can kind of keep it on track. And and Eddie, the format we're going to use is one of us will have to kind of be summarizing and then the other person might have to add some 
some comments yes. on each one. So I will give you Great. the choice of do you want to be the, you know, the basically the cover in page one would be the first person and two and three would be the next person. You, where, do you, where do you want to go? We'll take turns alternating. I, I want to go first. I'm excited. All right. So you're going to get the cover in page one. What you're going to do is you're going to summarize it and then I'll add a comment or question. And then um, if you have nothing to say, I'll summarize the next two pages and we'll just keep going like that until the listeners get an amazing summary without... You know, any over preparation. What what if I do this better than our typical summary, James B? <laughs> then all our shows will be let's read Spider Man live and unplugged from now on. All right, listeners. The amazing Spider Man ninety one to smash the spider. He's trying to squash me. Um Spider Man's on a wall picking up a guy in a green suit who I can't really identify. Jay Jonah's around uh Robbie. Gwen, Aunt May, MJ, Harry. I, I, I guess that could be Dirty Pool there. Hey, that's Dirty Pool. <laughs> and then we open to the first page. It, it looks like they're burying Captain Stacy. The, the funeral has occurred so fast. He just died last issue. Wow. Time, time I thought was moving much slower than this in Spider-Man. You thought they were going to wait till like the weekend to have the funeral? So, I mean, when he bumped into the Black Widow, that was like the same afternoon he fought the Kingpin. It's, you know, I don't know. The funeral's got to be a couple days later, at least. I think the book wants to move on with the Spider-Man stories and not spend a, a, a month of issues in mourning. One thing I did notice, though, on the cover is it mentions the fear, featuring the murderous menace of the man called Bullet. So I think I might know where we're going. But Oh, there we go. As I, uh, I, James B. As I continue with our summary... Um, Peter is trying to uh, console G- Gwen um, and he's concerned that what would she do if she knew that he was Spider-Man J. Jonah Jameson is there and he's talking to Joe Robbie and kind of almost saying inappropriate things and Joe Robbie is there being the stand-up <laughs> man that he always is but there is a political person named Sam Bullet. now I'm not going to say that because his name is spelled exactly like the murderous menace of the man called bullet that this is going to be um that he's some kind of villain but he does think the death of captain stacy will help him take advantage of his uh campaign and that's something that he's looking forward to peter is still dwelling on the fact that how much he loves gwen and how much uh, he's concerned about his secret being a secret and he remembers that captain stacy's dying wish was that Peter, look after Gwen because he means so much to Captain Stacy and, of course, to Peter. So we do end with the typical reaction of this scene where Spider-Man is once again blamed for the death of someone and oh, man. Spider-Man will be hated forever. Eddie, anything you want to add on these uh, these pages? Just this great line from J. Jonah. Stacy was always a little bit too liberal to suit me. <laughs> what a jerk at the funeral. Come on, man. And then Gwen... Whether he meant to or not, he killed my father. He killed my father. Putting all the blame on Spider-Man. Yeah, it does seem like kind of a big jump there, but uh, why don't you tell us what happens next? Peter and Gwen are in a car, I assume, heading home here, and we jump back to a, like a hard man like Sam the Bullet. Stacy's daughter to see the big man here, so Gwen's going to go see Sam the Bullet, and he's, he's pulling a Kingpin-esque uh, fight scene. He's like practicing karate in a home-built dojo, I guess we could say. 
and uh, she's, he seems to think Gwen is going to be a great person to take advantage of. Uh, so the last panel here has got him putting his finger on Gwen's chin. Gross. Ugh. Talking to Sam the Bullet. Okay, first of all, his name is Sam Bullet. It's not Sam, Sam Bullet. Bullet. Sorry, it's just, that's just his name. Okay, he's not <laughs> the, the Bullet. Bullet. Oh, my bad. Yeah, and he's <laughs> and, and he used to be a police officer, and she's going to volunteer to help his campaign because she wants Spider Man to be brought in, and she thinks this guy is the guy to bring Spider Man to justice. That's what's going on here. I see. Okay. Thank you, James. No problem. It's a, you know, it's it's hard summarizing live, and I have a moment to, to look around here. You know, again, she she tells him, "Hey, I want to work with you." He's kind of a jerk to her too, because he even says um, Sam Bullet never had any time for liberals or bleeding hearts or big talking, <laughs> you know, long haired do gooders. But you know, she wants to get stuff done, and he wants to get stuff done. J. Jonah Jameson wants to get in there, and. <laughs> He's willing to help oh, Sam Bullet because J. Joe and Jameson's like, hey, if you're going to deliver Spider-Man from this minute on, Sam Bullet is my candidate. And guess who is not a big fan of J. Jonah Jameson working with Sam Bullet? That would be Joe Robbie. You can answer these questions, Eddie. We're live. You know. Joe, I'm sorry. I'm looking at it. Joe Robbie loses his, uh, his pipe. He's so upset about this. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So I want you to tell us what happens next. Um, I'll go on here and figure out what's going on. We jump to Peter, who's uh, watching TV, and he sees Sam Bullet on TV on a show getting interviewed and says, Spider-Man is responsible for the death of Captain George Stacy, and until he's crushed swiftly without mercy, none of us are safe. What a proclamation. So we see the newspaper headlines talking about how Spider-Man should be crushed. He's trying to squash me. And we get a huge picture of Sam with his fist in the air and a bunch of crushed Spider-Man chants going on with this crowd. Pretty intense ending to page number nine there. Yeah, and then um, he scares everybody about Spider-Man. So when Spider-Man starts hitting the streets, the streets are really quiet because everybody's afraid to be on the streets because they think Spider-Man's going to cause their death because Captain Stacy died. And Peter does his old, like, thinking in his head, like, maybe, you know, maybe I do cause tragedy to everyone who crosses my path and stuff like that. Eddie, I'm going to stop here for a minute. Okay. We're about halfway through this issue. And uh, this seems this seems pretty abrupt that all of a sudden we've got this guy I've never heard of who's going to, you know, clear the streets of all of every of spider-man and this whole campaign but captain stacy retired or not was a big figure do you think this is the kind of move someone would make to jump on a tragedy and try to uh to use it to their advantage like this do you think this could really happen i mean it's a sign of the times to use the death of a, a prominent figure as a political tool to get yourself elected uh, i gotta feel really bad for gwen it's it's a really sad legacy to leave behind for Captain Stacy, considering what an upstanding, you know, important piece of the city that he was. A little bit of dragging his name through the mud here. I'm not very happy. Not at all. Well, well, you you can take a peek ahead at the next page for a second while I just think about the fact that the streets are pretty quiet now. As much as the purpose here is not to really get Spider-Man and the purpose here is a politically driven one, it does seem to be working. I mean, the cops are walking in pairs and the streets are pretty quiet. I mean, maybe it's scared everybody off the streets. They don't want New York City to be empty, of course. But so far, the streets are safe, I guess. But why don't you tell us what happens next? Wow. 
what a remarkable campaign this guy is running to really scare people about spider-man um so it appears that two two criminals here uh, are they're trying to go after peter parker because they realize he's the person who's taking pictures of spider-man and sam's in the car they pull up in front of peter and get him into the car kind of strong arm him into the car or well he doesn't want to get in Oh, man, they clock him in the face. I jumped ahead a little bit because, wow, very dramatic. Peter Parker gets hit in the face here by one of Sam Bullitt's thugs. Well, that's because he says, um, like, you know, hey, where's Spider-Man? He says, even if I knew I wouldn't. And they punch him and he says, I knew it. He's a rotten commie radical. Ooh. And he, Peter says to him, too, here, yeah, that's probably what Hitler said, too. Ooh, he says that to Sam Bullitt's face. Pretty bold statement, Peter. Wow. Well, they um they beat him up. They kind of leave him. And they say, like, you know, next time we see you, you better have some answers for us. But he climbs up the building, puts on his Spider-Man suit, and uh, he gets ahead of them and shows up to get revenge on Jeez. Yeah. So he chases down the thug here. With using a spider light as kind of a, a fear tactic, stoking, you know, playing right into the fear that everyone has of Spider-Man at this time. This, this poor guy in his green suit here, he's really worried that he can't, he can't get away from Spider-Man, and he takes his gun and wraps him up. Yeah, he just basically says to him, like, uh, you know, you let uh, Bullet give him my message word for word. Didn't really do much for me fighting that guy. Um but I'm going to go ahead and go back and see uh, Gwendy because uh, he doesn't want her to me- get mixed up with this bullet guy. Um, and he flies back to go find her. And Gwen is with Bullet. And when he shows up, he comes through the window. He's going to try to sneak in and change his clothes. But he shows up and she's there with him. We don't, by the way, we don't actually hear the message that's for Bullet from Spider-Man, right? I agree. That's, that's Nope, he doesn't say that Very too. mysterious. Yeah, he says... Remember when you get back to Bullet, give him the message word for word unless you want me to return and repeat it. But um, I look back at page two and I don't see what the message. Oh, it does. The message is the message is he's just beating him up because <laughs> he says, I want to make sure you get it straight. So right. I'll punctuate oh, that's it. The, mess- oh. the message is thwap, thwap, thwap. I don't know what I mean. I know we didn't spend as much time on this issue as we normally do, but this is kind of a weird one anyway, isn't it? Bizarre. Captain Stacy dies and it's like. We immediately move on. Peter's reaction, I thought he was going to be raging angry at Doc Ock. Like, I guess Doc Ock got caught after his arms turned on him and arrested and put in jail, but... No, he just got away. He just he just fled. With two of his arms attacking himself? Eh, perhaps. Mm. Well, he just... How could he... He's got to fight his own arms. I think he's there's in jail no... again. Mm. There's... Doesn't... No, you think Doc Ock's dead half the time and he's alive. And I'm sure he's not in, I'm sure he's not in jail. So, uh, we move on way too fast here. There should be much more about the fallout from Captain Stacy dying in all the circles that he was rolling in, I guess. Well, I uh, I don't know what else is really ha- I mean, this issue is really just a, a setup to put Gwen on the side with a villain fighting against Spider-Man. So he really can't right. fight with this guy because Gwen's associated with him, and that's that's kind of what it is. Nor nor can he, yeah, nor can he reveal himself if he had intended to 
since, you know, I guess he knows that Gwen doesn't know that he, Spider-Man, is Peter Parker also. Sam Bullet's there with Peter Parker because he says, maybe my friends can drum some sense into you. Don't, mm-hmm. but don't hurt him, boys. You know how I feel about senseless violence. And then he gets beaten up anyway. So it's sort of like uh, Sam Bullet can say, oh, I told them not to hurt you. So this whole issue is just Spider-Man really getting angry at this guy who they decided to affiliate with. Uh, Gwen, can you think of other times that Spider-Man or Peter have had a loved one uh, associated with a criminal? Uh, we got to go back to Betty Brant and her brother and with uh, Blackie Glaxon, right? Sure. Who, um, he was the lawyer. Betty Brant's brother was the lawyer for Blackie Glaxon. And sadly, he died also. He died from, I think it was a gunshot wound when Spider-Man was trying to help him out on a boat. Uh, did Betty Brant like, blame Spider-Man for that one? She did. Of course. He always, He's the fall guy for any, any bad things that happen. <laughs> he just killed Captain Stacy last issue you know so does this feel a little bit like the tablet saga when we're talking about the uh magia you know oh, i of... thought you meant is it like the tablet saga because it's not very good <laughs> that's my next one that i was gonna say where's where's steve we need steve to come out and tell us about how much he doesn't like this kind of well, issue. steve would be chiming in right now saying eddie you forgot to mention that Doc Ock was living with Aunt May and that that's also another <laughs> oh, uh, that's true. Yes. Another villain associating with his friends. We, we hear you, Steve. Um, yeah, this issue, you know, so far wasn't my favorite. But you know what is my favorite? And that would be um, playing games. However, Eddie... I, we, I got one more throwback oh yeah, for you, James, before you transition. Yeah, sure. I think I know, throwback to the olden days here, I think one of my favorite panels is uh, on page seven in J. Jonah's office. Did you see what was on the wall on page seven, James B.? <laughs> Why don't you share it with the listener? It's a it's a big Spider-Man face with a whole bunch of darts in it, like he's been using it as a dartboard. <laughs> I just like thinking about J. Jonah throwing darts at Spider-Man's face in his office. <laughs> yes, it's excellent. <laughs> Joe Robbie's there too. So, um, Eddie, you uh, last uh, last podcast, um, you were not super supportive of our uh, of George Stacy's uh, <laughs> Stacy Incorporated, the uh, sponsor we had. No, I'm afraid not. I'm not working in my retirement. Sorry, George Stacy, but thank you for sponsoring our episode. George well, Stacey. well, we um, we do have a new sponsor for this episode. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. And, and just like everything else, this is a live sponsor. So uh, Off the cuff. <laughs> of course. Of course. Fortunately, they're they're literally emailing me as we speak so I can read the copy. It's just wow. scrolling in, in front of me. Um, <laughs> and our sponsor this issue is, um, it's the second time we've had a uh, a, a political sponsor, but uh, we recognize. Really? Yeah. Yes. Um, oh it's the... Um, it's of course you can imagine, it's it's Sam Bullet himself, um, and Sam Bullet uh, says that um, he will uh, keep our streets safe, um, and society today is at a war uh, with the left wing anarchist trying to destroy our great proud nation, and uh, that please support Sam Bullet, and uh, he never had any time for liberals, bleeding hearts, or big talking, long haired do-gooders so um we would like to uh, thank him for uh his sponsorship of uh let's read spider-man and we also eddie uh don't have time for a liberals bleeding heart 
or big talking <laughs> long haired do gooders. Right, Eddie? Long haired. It's the long hair that really gets me. Uh, j- I, I just want to make sure you're okay there, James B. <laughs> You're not being coerced into the sponsor again. This always makes me nervous when we have a heavily political uh, sponsor on our program. <laughs> Particularly kind of a shady character like Sam Bullet. Well, I know he's shady, but he is. He he, he does have the Stacy name um, associated with him with, with Gwen Stacy. So, um, you know, that's they're kind of like a they're kind of working on this together. All right, let me be impartial. I'm going to have to take a look at his campaign. I, I appreciate his his vigor in campaigning his ideas. His campaign motto was is just simply crush Spider-Man, crush Spider-Man, crush Spider-Man, crush Spider-Man. <laughs> that I do sometimes think is a conflict take a, of interest. Take issue with? Small yeah, it, issue with? It's a small issue with a, a little bit of conflict with what we might be presenting, but everybody's ideas... It takes different people in this country to make it a special place it is. So we appreciate right. him as a sponsor. So please, everybody, check him out and thank him for, for his efforts. Um, Eddie, I do have a game, and this is not off the cuff. All not right. for me, but it is for you. Whew. Oh, boy. All right. Here we go again. Sure. Well, I did okay on the last one. Yeah. I mean, except for the Doc Ock one, you actually did, I think, very well, right? So I, I Yeah, that's I think true. You, I think you did fine. So, Eddie, I have... I have a number of individuals that have appeared in uh, in Spider-Man uh, comics. Okay. And um, I'm going to give you for each one um, uh, 15 seconds, and you're just going to tell me if you believe they originated, their origin story appeared in the Spider-Man comic, or if you think they probably came from another book. For example, hmm. if I said uh, J. Jonah Jameson, you would say Spider-Man. Yeah, de- debut in Spider-Man. If I yeah. said uh, Doctor Doom, you would say no, he no. didn't. Okay. Fantastic Four. Yes. Wow, that's even better. If you want to do that, you can. <laughs> okay, so I'll just give you a couple and uh, you'll see what you do, right? Your opinion. All right. All right, here we go. First one is uh, your favorite member of the Enforcers, Ox. What do you think? Ox. Uh, debuted in Spider-Man. Yes. That is correct, Eddie. Woo. Ox in of yes. being the, the three it, enforcers for sure. Issue issue ten, right? Yes, they did this would be Ox along with um, Fancy Dan. And the other dude. Okay. Um the next one is uh, the Ringmaster. Oh. I think I I, I think I know this because I've read Daredevil. I think he was in Daredevil, so not Spider Man. Uh, you are correct. He's not did not debut in Spider Man. He did not debut in Daredevil. Oh, really? Daredevil oh, is just my, in well, the issue when the Ringmaster came in. Um, he's uh, he's actually from I believe Hulk. Uh, he's oh, been, but he really? you are correct. So you are two for two. All right. Well, lucky guess. I'll take it. Uh, the next one is Frederick Foswell. Frederick Foswell. I'm going to say Spider Man. Yeah, let's put him in Spider Man. You're correct again. Frederick Foswell Ooh. does debut in that Enforcer issue. Okay. Issue 10. Uh, the Rhino. Ooh. I'm going to say Spider-Man also. We get a huge amount of backstory about the Rhino. So, Spider-Man. You're four for four. All right. Here we a, go. First appearance of the Rhino is in Spider-Man. Um, Mexico. Vanessa Fisk. Ooh. Kingpin roles in 
lots of different circles. I'm going to say not Spider-Man. I think she shows up somewhere else before Spider-Man. She actually shows up first in Spider-Man. She is a Spider-Man person. So. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't know that. Um, Blackie Drago. Sometimes known as Blackie Drago. Oh. Um, Blackie Drago, who's in, he's in prison with the Vulture. That's where he learns the ways of the Vulture. I gotta say he's Spider-Man. He shows up in Spider-Man? Correct. He is also a Spider-Man person. Good job. All right. Good. Uh, Professor Spencer Smythe. Do you recall who that is? Uh, he's the guy that builds the three robots that J. Jonah controls, right? Correct. Yes. Well, he, he he's not the guy that works for Norman Osborn, too, right? Are he, right, he is? Is that Smythe that gets killed? like it is i gotta say spider-man again he is also a spider-man person very nice you're doing great you're six out of seven all right there we go man mountain marco oh right, so there's a silver man in the tablet saga uh, hmm, I'm, magia i'm gonna say no for man mountain marco but he actually like is a spider-man person oh okay the all right we read is is his appearance yep on the cover huh Ugh. we're gonna go with ned leeds good old ned leeds the one who hangs out with betty brandt uh, he's he's gotta be in spider-man first appearance in spider-man yes it's correct he's in uh issue 18 <laughs> yep yeah and very early on the last one is miles warren do you know who that is he's a professor miles at the warren he's a professor he appears as uh, uh, like a teacher in the school, in the colleges and such. He's um, he's the one that's always like Peter. You're falling behind in your grades. Correct. Hmm. I'm gonna say he's also Spider-Man. I don't see why else he would be somewhere else, but you I don't a, know. You did a great job today. You got eight eight out of ten. All right. All right. Thank you, James B. I couldn't trick you with any of those people. They are, <laughs> with the exception of the Ringmaster, all. Spider-Man first appearance people that uh, so of that group of people we talked about Ox, the Ringmaster, the Rhino Blackie Drago, Man Mountain Marco Frederick Foswell, Ned Leeds, Professor Spencer Professor Spencer Smythe Professor Miles Ward and Vanessa Fisk which one of those would you like to see more of? I'll bring the Rhino back he was a curious adversary what'd you like about the Rhino? Yeah, I, I liked. You know what my favorite part about the Rhino was when he like he was one of the first characters that decided to draw Spider-Man out by causing like public chaos and havoc. I know Doc Ock has done it before, but I, for being kind of supposedly a dumb character, that was a pretty clever plan. And I, I don't know, he's just kind of the most interesting. You know, I like the characters that are curious in appearance. What about you, James? But you got one. Well, I know you don't like Ned Leeds that much, but no. <laughs> but I'm always looking for more Ned Leeds action. Now, I do know there will be some more Ned Leeds stuff going on in the future, but right now, right. I'm always like, give me some more Ned Leeds. Get this guy right there. Do something with him besides having him take coffee breaks all the time. Like, let's go. <laughs> and and Ox can punch people while eating an apple. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That that never gets too old for me. So. All right. Um, as we 
wrap up this episode. We had our little game time there. Um, yeah, thanks, other- James B. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, you did great as usual. Uh, any other <laughs> final closing thoughts about this issue you want to squeeze in? Uh, no, I don't think that went too bad. That was okay, right? Yeah, well, it was okay. Let's see if we can. <laughs> let's see if we can do the close. Go ahead and uh, okay. tell, tell the listeners where they can find us. Um, you can email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. Right. And now it's time for the close. Your turn, James B. And remember, listeners, if you want to send a message about beating somebody up, just beat them up a bunch of times. And then say, give this message word for word. Give those no words. Goodbye. Goodbye. At this I always point, think he's a menace. I agree with you. He's always Spider-Man. The real kicker for me is letting the kingpin off the hook. That was like, I, I don't trust him at all anymore. Once he let the kingpin off the hook, that is not right. That guy's terrible. And then he's six percent responsible for the death of Captain Stacy. This guy is we're on the wrong side of this. We should call the podcast uh, "Let's Arrest Spider-Man." <laughs> it's time. Well, maybe we're just reading for, you know, we're hoping it, we're, we're trying, we're going to keep reading until he gets arrested. So there you go. Although he's been in prison before, but he got out in that riot yeah. back in the. <laughs> no one seemed to be paying attention. Nope. When he got out. <laughs> no. so. uh, do you think this is Dirty Pool again? I was going to look up Dirty Pool. He's in a, I think Dirty Pool's in a green suit. Well, every, all the villains are in greens and purples. That's not like that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs>